0: What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. All right, so I'd like you to turn to Revelation 22. Let's start off in verse 7, please. Jesus says this. He says, Behold, I'm coming soon. I want you to go down to verse 12, Revelation 22. He says it again. Behold, I'm coming I'm coming soon. Go down to 20 verse 20 of Revelation chapter 22. It says, "Surely I'm coming soon." A little bit different than behold, surely. You can count on this. I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. So, hey, when's he coming? Mark it down on your calendar. 2033. Just fan, if you could put up the first picture. Why would I say 2033? Oh, oh, listen, I forgot about that picture. <laughs> this is what's going on, by the way, right now. We are seeing the book of Revelation unfolding, and people do not want to hear what's going on, but it's going down just like he said it's going down. Next picture. This is where I came up from the day. Jesus died, A.D. 33. He had 2,000 years of that, 2,033. So get ready, put your house for sale. 32, put your house for sale and just live large. Kevin, I'm kidding. That would be called a false prophet. Jesus says no one knows the hour, the day, but he did not say we shouldn't try to figure it out. In fact, he gave us signs of the times so that we could be aware. And let me just tell you, he's coming soon. He's coming soon. As we see revelation unfolding before us, he is coming soon. And so a biblical week, listen to this verse in 2 Peter 3.8. It says, do not overlook this one fact. So there's a fact that scripture saying don't overlook. It says this, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. And I believe we are in the last hour. I believe we are in the final time where Jesus is about to come again for his church, the bride, where he is going to rapture us, then there's going to be a tribulation period, and then the millennial reign, the millennial kingdom of Christ is going to come. It's why we sing the song, Joy to the World. Do you know Joy to the World is not a Christmas song? It's a millennial reign song. It is about our king coming and reigning on earth. And church, listen, he wants to reign right now through you. I want you to turn to Titus chapter two. Always keep your place in Revelation 22. That's where we're gonna be, but we're, we, as you know, as we've been through chapter by chapter, verse by verse through this book, we, we, we flip and we go to a lot of different places, but I really, really wanna see you to see this because we have to be people that live as if he is coming soon, that we are waiting for him. And so Titus chapter two, let's start with verse 11. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, And godly lives in this present age. We're in the church age right now. That's the age that we're in. And what are we doing while we're doing this? Verse 13, we are waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Right now, while we're waiting on our king to come, while we're waiting on Jesus, we should be zealous for good works. Declare these things. Exhort, rebuke with all authority, and let nobody disregard you. Don't be disregarding me. Church, let no one disregard you rebuke, exhort, word of God, passion, zeal, while we're what? Waiting. This is a theme for the people of God throughout scripture, not only in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus, right? He warned, he, he tells us he's, he's coming again, he's coming again. Uh, also, in, in 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 Jesus says, "Be ready! I'm coming like a thief. You don't know what hour that I'm coming." Paul in the New Testament in First Corinthians chapter one verse seven, it says, "You are waiting for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ." In Philippians three twenty, it says, "We are waiting for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ." In First Thessalonians chapter nine, it says that we are waiting from His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Those of you who believe we'll go through the tribulation, it says he's going to deliver us from the wrath. We'll talk more about that later. We're waiting for him. We're waiting for him. What is your posture? What are you waiting for? Man, we know what it's like when we're little, and we're trying to stay up all night to catch Santa. How's your anticipation? How's your waiting? How's your expectation? How's your joy? Jesus says, surely I'm coming soon. Surely I'm coming soon. Surely I'm coming soon, guys. Get ready. Revelation 22, 1. It says, the angel showed me the river. Revelation 22, 1. The river of the water of light, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of God. A lamb, as crystal. Josephine, the the picture of Yellowstone, please. So I, this is a pretty cool picture. Yellowstone National Park. is water heats up and it's really hot and it does these crazy stuff and it illuminates and all that. But listen, I put that up there because that's that's nothing compared to what this river is going to look like. It's nothing. It's beyond comprehension. It is our home. It is going to be amazing. Bright as crystal. Glorious. This water light this water of life is flowing from the source of life. The one who says, I've come to give you life and life abundant. I am the resurrection and the life. And this water of life is just flowing from the throne. We can't even comprehend what that's going to look like or be like. Psalm 46, verse 4 says this. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. Guys, this is our home. This is what we're waiting for. Jessophen, go ahead and throw up the next picture. This is a little drawing. Again, it's going to be way better than that. I thought the river was a little too small there, but anyway streets of gold amazing glorious and again god finishing up scripture takes 2 chapters to describe what heaven is like why cuz cuz some of you work so hard for stuff that's perishing So many of us, right? And it's good to have a financial plan. It's good for you to save. It's good for you to invest. It's good for you. But sometimes in the church, we spend more focused on that than we do meditating on 21 and 22. What are we waiting on? What are we waiting for? I'm going to work real hard. I'm going to save up. I'm going to retire We have this American dream. And it's really not fair because in the church, you're not allowed to retire. Christians, you're not allowed to retire because this is what we're working for. This is what we're moving towards. One of the issues with church leadership is that <clears throat> when, when you manage a company and you're a boss, right, you, you, you pay people to do a job, right? So some of you would have gotten written up because you walked in late at 9. Whoop, hello. I don't know who you were. I wasn't looking, so let that shoe fit. Anyway. Anyway. That's not part of my sermon. Let me get going. We're going to finish today. But but listen, when you work in the kingdom, you get paid when you die. Bow down, staff. You know you're not getting paid what you deserve, but you get paid when you die. Can I get a witness? Keep it motivated. All right, verse 2. Through the middle. Of the street of the city also. On either side of the river, the tree of life. And so listen, this is cool. What was in the Garden of Eden? The tree of what? Life. Full circle. Full circle. And it's 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month. Now listen, can I get a witness for no veggies? Hallelujah. It's all fruit, baby. And I want you to highlight 12 kinds. Why is that important? Because it's, it's not going to be a redundant thing. It's going to be a spectacular thing. Why would I say that? Because this is the language that Noah used, that God used for Noah on the ark, bring its kind Onto the boat. And after that one kind, there's been different variations. God's built that into creation here. I'm sure he's building it into creation there. Just if you put the picture of the dogs. Those are my dogs. People always ask, hey, how did Noah get all those dogs on the boat? He didn't. He had... One kind, and those kinds breeded in a specific way and became many kinds. Look, all around here we have different ethnicities, but we're all the human race, right? Some just have better tans than others, don't hate. Even at Crumble Cookie... There's different kinds each week that cause me to check and say, what are the flavors this week? And if that's in the heart of man where we want different kinds, imagine what it's going to be like in heaven. The variety, the expectation, the goodness. There are 3.5 estimated, because we don't know, trillion fish in the ocean. God is not like limited in his creation and again I say this to you he created heaven he created earth and and all that we see in six literal days but he's been working on heaven since John 14 he said I go to prepare a place for you he's been gone for 2000 years preparing a place for you and this is why I'm coming soon my focus, my intention, my waiting. I'm all in on the kingdom of God that's going to come. I'm all in with what Jesus is bringing. Let's continue on in verse 2 Revelation. 22, it says the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. Now, Chris, and let's go back to Revelation twenty-one four. Just flip back so you can see this because we read this and we talked about this. He will wipe away, Revelation 21.4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall be any mourning or crying or pain anymore for the former things have passed away. So in heaven, there is no sickness. There is no death. There is no Right pain anymore it's gone, so flip back to revelation 22 verse two. what does it say that there's going to be healing what healing? Well this word in the Greek would be better translated therapeutic. it would be better translated Red Bull it's going just I think getting to get that one uh, maybe bang um but it is going to energize. It's therapeutic. It is going to upgrade you. It is going to excite you. It, it is going to fully energize you and bring you energy. That's what this is. It's not healing because you're sick, but it's healing. It's just going to amp you up somehow, some way. The healing of the nations. Verse three no longer will there be anything accursed. Nothing accursed in heaven, but the throne of God. And you could put Revelation chapter four there. Revelation chapter four, the throne of God and of the lamb. That's Revelation chapter five. That's what's going to be in the new Jerusalem. And his servants will worship him. We will adore him. We will bless him. Listen, right now, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 20, all creation is cursed and is groaning. All creation right now. In fact, in Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. So those without Christ in this world, this is why the gospel is important, they are under a curse because of the sin of Adam. Death is a curse, and it will be no more. The demons and the devil, they're in the lake of fire, no more. Nothing, nothing accursed it is going to be so amazing so amazing verse 4 revelation 22 they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads first john 3:2 says this beloved we are god's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. When you see God in his glory, scripture declares you'll be like him. We will be like him. First John three two. remember Moses. Exodus 33 and 34 at your own time. He's like, show me your glory, Lord. And God hid him in the cleft of the rock, and, Lord, and God said, I'm just going to show you my backside, Moses. And God just saw the backside of God there, but when he came down out of the mountain, people were afraid to look at him because his face shone, and he actually they were afraid of him because he glowed so much. He actually had to put a veil over him so the people could come close and not be afraid. Man, when we are in the presence of God, we're going to be completely transformed, completely transformed, completely new bodies. We're going to put off this flesh. We're going to be made completely new. And keep in mind, the enemy, we've we've discussed this. He's always doing a counterfeit. And we read about this in Revelation chapter 13, where the Antichrist is gonna make both small and great, rich and poor, slave and free, be marked on the right hand and on the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless they have the mark of the beast. So understand what we see in heaven that scripture says we'll see his face and his name will be on their foreheads, just like the hundred and forty-four thousands where he marked their foreheads. The enemy's always wanting to counterfeit in this life here and now. Revelation 22, verse 5, it says, and night will be no more, and they will need no light of the lamp or of the sun, for the Lord will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So I want you to highlight, they will reign forever and ever. First of all, Christian, is Christ reigning in you? Is he reigning in me right now? Is he reigning in every there? And they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. I want you to go to Revelation 20, verse six, please. We're going backwards here. Why? Because I want to drive in the point. What does it look like to reign? What does it look like to reign with Christ, right? Revelation 26, this is the thousand year reign of Christ on earth It says this, they will be priests of God and of Christ and they will reign with him for a thousand years. You're going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. We're not just adoring him as far as worshiping him and singing to him in heaven, sitting on a cloud with a little violin or a cello. We're going to be worshiping him by working. By working, by bringing him glory from wherever he's given us responsibility over. I want you to keep your place here and I want you to turn to 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. Amen. <laughs> 2 Timothy 2:11. 2, This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. You know, that's what baptism is, right? It's a celebration, it's a funeral, really. That when you go underwater, you die and you identify that you've died with Christ. You no longer want to live for yourself. And when you come out of the water, now you're saying, I'm all in with you, Jesus. I'm following you, Jesus. I want you to reign with me. And so if we've died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Do you know that you, Christian, you're created to reign? You're created to reign. At your workplace, wherever you are, listen, you're called to reign in that place right now. Someday we will reign with God, but right now you're created to reign. Jesus broke the curse off of your life. And a lot of people think, oh, I got to go to work. The work, the work was given to Adam before the fall. And a lot of Christians have a wrong view of work. God put Adam into the garden. He called him to work it and to keep it. He also said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and take dominion over it. That was all before the fall. And so now as we are in Christ, the curse is broken, and wherever God leads us, wherever God places us, we are called to rule and to reign and to steward what God has given us. There should never be a lazy Christian at work. Because you reign with Christ and you're saying, God, I I want you to be glorified. I want to work not as to men. I'm not working for a paycheck. I'm working for you. And I want to bring you glory in how I work. And it blows my mind. When I see Christians that are slack, that are lazy, that are showing up late. Well, maybe not show up late. I'm still working on that. But that have the kind of attitude, what's in it for me? When am I going to get mine? No, no, no. When can I give mine? We will reign with him, guys. But he wants to reign through us right here and right now. Jesus he tells this parable in Luke 19 he says he says this this guy who came before him said lord your mina has made 10 minas That is taking dominion. That is reigning. That is multiplying out the gift that God has given you. That is taking the the, the fish and the loaves and saying, here you go, Jesus. And he multiplies it out and he feeds 5,000. That is what we're called to do here right now. This is what Jesus is saying. And so Luke 19, 17, he said, well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in very little. You shall have authority over 10 cities. Ten cities? Yeah, that's not talking about here now. That's talking about in heaven. Are we faithful with the little that we've been given here? Because if we are, we'll be given more. We're going to be given more. Verse 6, Revelation 22. So the question is, listen, are you reigning with Christ at work. You're called to reign with him. You'll be doing that throughout eternity. But again, may your kingdom come where? On earth as it is where? In heaven. So fill the earth, subdue it, be fruitful, multiply, take dominion. Now, now. In fact, Jesus says another place, occupy until I come. This is what we do. As we seek the kingdom first, verse six, Revelation 22, it says, and he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. You want to highlight that there. He also said that phrase in chapter 21 as well. These words are trustworthy and they're true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. So here we see, I'm coming soon, must soon take place. I want you to keep your place here, and I want you to turn to Isaiah 46, please. This is what sets the Bible apart from every other religious book in the world. The Bible has prophecies. 46, verse 9, that's why I had you turn here, because it's really important. This is the God that we serve. It says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. And and this is it, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. God is declaring I'm unlike anybody else. My words are true. And it's going to go down just like I said, it's going to go down. These words are trustworthy and they are true. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. Now, the author of Surely I'm Coming Soon, these words are trustworthy and true, he, he, he wrote in Leviticus that if Israel disobeyed God, they would go into captivity. And guess what? They did. It happened. The Bible prophesied in the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah, while Babylon was the strongest power in the world, that it would be destroyed. And guess what? It was destroyed. The Bible continues to come true. Psalm 22, Isaiah 53. Psalm 22, a thousand years before Christ. Isaiah 53, around 750 years before Christ, both prophesied the kind of death Jesus would die before he was born, even to the point where his hands and his feet would be pierced. The crucifixion was it was prophesied by Jesus that Jerusalem would be destroyed and the temple would be destroyed and guess what that was around 33 AD and in 70 AD Titus of Asphazion came in and did just that and destroyed Jerusalem and the Israelites were scattered all over the world, and the city has laid barren for 2,000 years. But guess what? For some reason, it's not barren anymore, which is another biblical prophecy that says, in the last days, I will gather my people from the four corners of the earth. And not only that, Matthew 24, that fig tree is going to bloom. That is not going to be a poor, impoverished area, but it's gonna be an area of wealth. Again, that was prophesied thousands, thousands of years ago in the Bible. It was prophesied in Matthew chapter 24 that when you see the fig tree bloom, know that your time is near. Guys, if you don't believe in Jesus, like if you've never given your life to Jesus, what are you doing? Seriously, what are you thinking? What other book can, can have over a thousand prophecies that have come true. Do your research. This ain't fake news. These words are trustworthy and they are true and you can bet your life upon it. Not only are they trustworthy and true, but listen, as me, 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 I read the Bible and I do it. <sighs> I find out it's true. You know why? Because Jesus said, whoever hears my words and do them, they'll know that it's true. You know why? My wife thinks I'm the greatest husband in the world. It's because I read the Bible and I try to do it. I try to get up every day and plan my funeral and get on that cross. And I turn the other cheek when she says something slick to me, doesn't honor me like I deserve. I just, hey, forgive her, Lord. She doesn't know what she's doing. I'm kidding with you guys. But listen, why am I debt free right now? Why? Is it because I'm so rich? Now, listen, for 20 years of ministry, me and my wife never made over 50 G's a year. Combined salary. 20 years. Why am I debt free? Because I obey the Bible. Learning to be content in everything. In everything. In everything. Learn to be content. There was a time where we shared one car, where we shared one cell phone sacrifice to get out of debt because debt scripture says the borrower is a slave to the lender okay let me calm down his words are trustworthy and true not only the prophecies but also when you live them out guys when you live them out they're trustworthy and true We see in Revelation, there's going to be a one-world government and a one-world currency. We can see that happening right now. These words are trustworthy and true. Jesus predicted at the end, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, pestilence, it's going to increase. And we see this happening right now. His words are trustworthy and true. Verse 7. By the way, we're having a financial, uh, financially fit class coming in January, so there's no condemnation for those in Christ. Just, just stop it. That didn't make sense. Um, stop living like the rest of the world and begin to biblically handle the resources that God has given you you'll be blessed because his words are true again no condemnation for those who are in Christ verse 7 revelation 22 it says and behold I'm coming soon I'm coming soon blessed is the one who keeps that word keeps means heeds holds fast guards that means like this book is important Jesus is saying and this is Jesus talking like you're going to be blessed if you keep this book. And keep the words of the if this book is important, see, some of you are like how long have you been reading Revelation, Chris? That's the wrong kind of perspective. Oh, Revelation's so hard to understand. Revelation, so this revelation, so that listen. That is so the enemy. That's the enemy. Why? Because here's this promise from Jesus. You're blessed when you pay attention to the words of this book. So that should cause us to be like, okay, man, I've got to set my mind to it. I've got to understand it. Listen, in our house churches, you're supposed to be journaling the week ahead and, and writing down, okay, this is what I feel like God is saying to me. This is what I feel like Scripture's saying to me and have that journal there and be able to share. And, and, and here, listen, all of the message of Revelation, they're online. But man, you you guys, listen, we need to be people that are passionate about this book. Because the enemy wants to keep people away from this book. Why? Because it talks about his demise. It talks about the reigning and ruling of Christ. It talks about our future, which is secure, our heavenly home where we can shift our focus. The enemy doesn't want you in this book. And Jesus says, you're blessed if you keep it. See, this purpose of this book is one of them. It's the revelation of Jesus, not the concealation of Jesus. He's not trying to conceal anything. He's trying to reveal stuff to, our, to his kids so we can walk forward with a confidence. In fact, not only that, the revelation of Jesus Christ in chapter one, we see him, we see him. In chapter five, we see him, we see, hear him speak in chapter two and three to the churches. And he's speaking to the churches, which is relevant for us today. In chapter 19, we see him coming back In chapter 20, we see him reigning in the millennial kingdom. 21 and 22. Guys, this is our home where he's going to be. And so if you stay away from this book, the revelation that Jesus has given you of himself, you're going to miss it. And this, when we really, really keep this book, take heed to this book, we're going to live differently. We are going to long for his return with an anticipation. We're going to want to get our house in order so that we're ready when the master comes. We're going to have compassion on our enemies. Because we understand those who won't bow the knee to Christ are going to suffer the wrath of God. And we've seen that. That's why I don't have to choke somebody out for justice. Somebody, You're going to pay me back. You're going to pay me. You better. Whew. People come at me, I get I get I'm afraid. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and my king's going to come and he's going to make everything right so that the ones who curse me, the ones that speak against me, man, I can continue to intercede and pray for them, that Lord, Lord, bless them, God, bless them, God. Because if they don't repent. You're going to wet your sword. It's going to be miserable, and so it should fill us with compassion. It should give us an understanding that this world system is going to collapse, guys. So make your allegiance to the kingdom of God. Go ahead and put the picture of T Hop up. Well, T Hop, we're, we're working on it. We're, this is the front of the building. It's an old funeral home that our church bought. And it's going to become not a house of death, but a house of life, because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And one of the things that we're going to put in there, amongst other things, is a place where we can worship why? Because we see worship going on in heaven, singing uh, before his throne going on in heaven, and we want heaven to come to earth. And so when we worship, when we worship, we forget about what denomination we're in because we're focused on Jesus and only he matters. When we worship, we get our focus off our problems because they're a distant sext- second and, and our gaze is fixed upon him and him alone. When we worship, we give love and adoration to the king of kings and lord of lords. When we Worship, we forget about what color we are or are not. When we worship, when we worship. And so it's one of the reasons why we're building that to bring the area churches together to worship Jesus and forget about what divides us. Verse 8 it says, I, John, Revelation 22, am the one who heard and saw these things. When I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. And he said to me, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets. And with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. Parents, listen, this is your job right here. When your kids mess up, hey, hey, don't do that. Do this. You see how there's no condemnation there for what he did wrong? He made a mistake. Quit tripping. Don't get angry. Hey, don't do that. How do you hear that, by the way? How do, when you read this verse on your own, don't do that. Or do you hear, hey, 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 stop it. Don't do that. Hey, son, hey, daughter, listen, don't do that. Do this. This is who you are. This is who God's made you to be. Do this. And unfortunately in the church, we look at one another as believers and we're, oh, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. And we're not walking in love because love always believes the best. Love always hopes. Romans 8, one says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so if I'm in Christ and you're in Christ and you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, I can say, hey, don't do this. It's nothing negative. It's nothing to put you down. But it's like, hey, don't do this. Do this. Worship God. Don't worship yourself. For the Christian, the wrath of God was satisfied on the cross, meaning. That wrath's not for you. Stop and do this. Man, we have a lot to learn from this angel right here. I want you to highlight worship God. Jesus is God. And in the Bible, Jesus received worship. He received worship for, from from Mary, who anointed his feet with oil, and he received worship from doubting Thomas. We shouldn't say doubting Thomas, because God's forgiven him of that because of the. See, that's not love. Believe and the. It's just Thomas. We don't want to treat him as his sins deserve, right? Because that's how God deals with us. It's just Thomas. Forgive me, Lord sorry, Tom. (laughs) Thomas said, my Lord and my what? God. My Lord and my God. And Jesus didn't rebuke him. Jesus didn't stop him. Why? Because Jesus is God. He's God. Verse 10. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book for time is near. Time is near. I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. Don't seal up the words of this prophecy again. Church, listen, quit spreading fake news that this book is hard. Let's let I know there's some things that can be hard, but let's begin to tell people to get into it. Let's be people that get into it. Verse 11. Let the evildoer still do evil and let the filthy still be filthy and the righteous still do right and the holy still be holy. Again, if you're truly, truly born again, the evidence of your conversion is that you're going to have a desire to be holy. If you are not saved, if you have never surrendered your life to Christ and confessed that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, turned away from your sins and invited Jesus to become your Lord and Savior and put your faith and trust in Him, listen, Scripture's just saying, hey, if you don't want me, keep doing you. You want to be filthy? Be filthy. You want to do evil? Do evil. there's a choice that we all have what do you want what do you want god desires none should perish but there are people that continue to hear the gospel they continue to harden their heart and i hope and pray that this doesn't happen to people where like pharaoh hardened his heart and god just gave him over to what he wanted Verse 12, behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense. Recompense is basically my reward with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That is the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. I am the first and the last. I'm the beginning and I am the end. Blessed. And by the way, there's seven blessings in this book, and this is another one. You've already read another one earlier where we talked about if you're blessed, if you keep it, if you keep it and you hold fast to God's to this book. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to eat of the tree of life, and they may enter the city by its gates outside of the dogs, the sorcerers. The sexually immoral, the Greek word there is pornos. Murderers, idolaters, and everyone who loves. And I want you to highlight loves, and I want you to highlight practices, falsehood. Whenever you see God talking about the sexual immoral, immoral the impure, um, those that do sorcery or, or, or pharmakia, you know, people that, that live like this, they, they practice this. It means it is a lifestyle where they're just wanting to be filthy. They're wanting to do evil. They are like a dog returning to its vomit, continuing in that pattern of life. They don't want to turn away from their sins. And here's scripture saying, man, The people that are blessed, they're the ones that have washed their robes in the precious blood of Jesus. Those are the people that have said, God, I've sinned against you. You are holy. I am not. Save me from my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I want to be holy. I want to give my life to you, Jesus. But the people that continue to reject they're on the outside. They're not getting into heaven. Verse 16. I, Jesus, I've sent my angel to testify to you about these things to the churches. Just minute, if you can throw up the prophetic uh, long view picture, please. The beauty of this book of Revelation is that we have the advantage compared to the rest of the people in the Bible, the Old Testament prophets, they could only see certain things, but they didn't understand the valleys that were in between the certain things. So for example, pretty much 90, uh, the majority of, of, of Israelites have rejected Jesus as their Lord and Savior because they're focused on the millennial reign of King the kingdom, and they're saying if the Messiah was Jesus, then this would have happened. Unfortunately, they miss some of the portions of Scripture. We have this book where we can see the end, the end, and this should encourage us, this should excite us, this should, should awaken us. Go to the next picture, Josephine. This is, this is the underworld. We have an understanding now because of the book of Revelation in the last chapter that everyone eventually without Christ is going to be here in the lake of fire. We've got that figured out. We know that. And listen, if hell is not real, then Jesus is a liar. And so because of this book, we have the the end picture of this, which should put a fear and concern in us. Put up the picture of Revelation, please. This is the whole book. You probably can't read all that. But this is this this book that we went through. And by the way, ClarenceLarkin.com. You can go get all the charts, okay? ClarenceLarkin.com. You can get them. They're free. But we see the tribulation here. And there's this big debate about the tribulation that the saints are going to be in it. Well, when you read Revelation 619, it says, who's going to save us from the wrath of the Lamb? The church is the bride of Christ. I would never, ever, ever pour my wrath out on my bride. I wouldn't do that. And when we look at Scripture, God rescued Noah from the wrath. Did he not? When we look at Scripture... God rescued Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah and the destruction that was going to happen. When we looked at Egypt, when He rescued them out of Pharaoh's grip, right? Um, he put something over Goshen where the Israelites were, where they weren't touched. And then the Passover, the blood—they didn't get touched. They got rescued out. This is who our God is. This is what He does. And even the Gentile Rahab, who was a prostitute, when Jericho was destroyed, God rescued her out. This is. Is what our God does. It's who He is. And so pre-trib, pre-wrath, listen. Church, be encouraged. He's coming for His bride. We are not going to go through this great tribulation. Verse 16. I am the root and the descendant of David, This is another prophecy fulfilled that the king would come through David's lineage. I'm the bright in the morning star. This is God being fully God. In Numbers 24, 17, it says, I see him, but now I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. And so another prophecy that Jesus himself fulfilled. Verse 17, the Spirit. And by the way, that's the Holy Spirit spirit the holy spirit and the bride say come so we're the bride the holy spirit's in us we should be crying out come with a passion maranatha come lord jesus come lord jesus and come let him who is thirsty come let the one who desires to take the water come a water of life without price Jesus, talking to the woman at the well, he said, hey, I've got this living water. You'll never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. In John chapter seven, Jesus is like, hey, if anyone thirsts, let them come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And so God calls us to come, 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 come to him. And will never thirst again. Verse 18. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to them the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. So there is a fear, there is a trembling, guys. As we go through this, as we finish up this book today, where we've gone chapter by chapter, verse by verse, where as I don't, I shouldn't have to explain all that because we've taken about seven, eight months explaining all that. And you can go back and check the tapes. But for me, before God, I want to be dogmatic on the things that I think the Bible's dogmatic about. And the things that are. uh, Not controversial, but debatable, right, where we can see that I'm not mad at anybody who thinks we're going to go through the pre-tribulation. I just can't get past Revelation 619, and I can't imagine that God pouring out his wrath on his beautiful bride. Just can't imagine that. So that's why I believe like that. Now, if you want to believe church is going to go through the tribulation, hey, be it unto you according to your faith. But we should have a fear and a trembling when we approach this book, guys. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming soon. That's the third time. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. We want you to come because we're tired of the world. We're tired of our flesh. We're tired of the devil continuing to nip at our feet and, and, and attack us. We're tired of the sin. And more than, more important than all of that is we want to see you. We want to fellowship with you because we love you. Jessaphane, next picture, please. So... Here we have this trans activist, uh, what do they call these? Drag queens in a church celebrating same-sex marriage. Next picture, please. This ideology is coming into our public school system, trying to confuse our precious, precious children who are made in the image and likeness of God And by the way, there's two genders. Jesus said that. If you don't believe that, you got a problem with Jesus. This stuff's coming at our kids, guys. And some of you in here voted for that, by the way, but that's another topic. And so in my heart, my heart, my heart cries out, come, Lord Jesus. I'm tired of this nonsense on our precious little children. And by the way, I do have an announcement about children. It's children's church. Children's church ends at 1025, okay? So we, we got some time, even though you think I'm over. Why does it end late? We have a program for your children that if they're from kindergarten to eighth grade, they're going to go through the Bible not once, but twice, a biblical curriculum because we love our children and also parents of children in our children's church. There's also an online homeschool curriculum that I encourage you to do with them and go deeper with them because I don't want to hear this in our church. I raise my kids in the church. That's not the Bible. It's not the church's job to raise your kids. That's your job. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four. You teach them on the way. It's not your youth pastor's job. It's your job, and God's going to hold you responsible. And listen, if you don't, guess what? They're coming for your kids. They're coming for your kids. So I don't know about you, but I'm saying amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Verse 21, and the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Worship team, if you can come forward, please. Father, we just praise you, and we thank you for this book. We thank you that you have told us, The end. You've told us the end. I pray, God, for hearts that would treasure your word in their heart so they might not sin against you. I pray, God, for for just this book, God, that it would become the reality of your people, that we would begin to take heed, that we would begin to walk in it, Try to understand it because you've given it to us to bring revelation of who you are, Jesus. And so, God, we just pray that you would just continue to reveal yourself to us, Jesus. Reveal yourself to us, Jesus. We want to know you more. We want to see you. We want to see you high and lifted up. We want to give you the worship that you deserve. And we look forward, God, to heaven we look forward, God, to what awaits. And I pray, God, for those that are in here today that may be playing games with you. That you would just draw them to yourself and they would repent and they would surrender. And they would say, yes, Jesus, I, I realize I've sinned against you, but you died on the cross for that. And I ask you to forgive me my sins. And I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to give you my life. I want to surrender to you. And we all say that, God. We all say that again and again and again over our lives, God. We just want to surrender to you. We just want to follow you, Jesus. Just be exalted, God, during this time of worship. We love you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.